1: This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players' Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Rob Abbott, a four-time league winner in the Football Guys' Players' Championship, including a fifth-place overall regular season finish in 2017. His career winnings in the FFPC totaled more than $20,000. In this episode, we discuss the likelihood of an Odell Beckham bounce back, the chances that Jay Sternberger can finish as a top 10 tight end, the craziest thing he's seen in an FPC draft so far this season, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the rotoviz content and tools and it supports the podcast channel there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners betonline.ag sports are slowly making their way back and bet online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all ufc nascar boxing and soccer matches and if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BlueWire for a free welcome bonus. That's one word: Blue Wire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Now, without further ado, here is twenty thousand dollars high-stakes fantasy football winner, Rob Abbott. Mm-hmm. Pleased to be joined this week by four-time Football Guys Players Championship League winner, uh, Rob Abbott. Joining the show, uh, Rob, it's it's exciting to have you on, not just because you've won these leagues before here on the high-stakes lowdown. But also, you, you've been doing a lot of them so far this season, right?
2: Yeah, that's COVID uh, shutdown has got me uh, drafting more uh, earlier than I ever have before. So seems like everybody is these days.
1: I, I can. It's true for me, too. I can't remember the last time I've had th- this many drafts under my belt here at, at the end of June, early July. It's been crazy, but it's been good because I think it allows us to get a little bit more dialed in. Uh, to who we like, who we don't like. ADP will change, but it's not going to be a uh, a massive change, I don't think. As, has that been your experience when you've drafted early teams versus late teams? I mean, does the ADP drastically change over the summer? To me, the only time it does is if there's an injury, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, as camp news comes out, I mean, you'll see guys just become hot and, and, and there'll be a buzz about them and they move up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this year – Uh, the the COVID and the, the limited media access and, you know, limited practices in general is, if, if as much buzz is created uh, as, as normal, just because when nobody knows what to expect right now.
1: Um, Let's talk about some of the, the, the football guys drafts you've done. I want to specifically um, ask you about certain players at certain spots. One of the one, I think you did this draft about a week and a half ago, roughly, Um, You took Odell Beckham uh, at the 310. Now, this is a guy who has not really performed up to his draft position in recent years, but I don't necessarily think he's been a massive bust either, I mean, because he's always putting up over 1,000 yards receiving. He doesn't kill your team. you think this is the year that it's going to be different, that he will perform up to that draft position, given how far he's slipped? Well,
2: yeah, I mean, you're getting a two-round discount on what he he used to be a late first-round pick, early second-round pick. Now he's going late third sometimes even in the fourth, but usually in the third. And I mean, he, he clearly has a ceiling that few receivers has. I mean, he's, he's been a top three receiver multiple years last year. I mean, I think you can find some reason. I mean, he wasn't a hundred percent healthy first year with the Browns. Um, so I, Given that, I mean, when I'm when I'm draft, I've I found myself not liking any running backs in the third and fourth round. So I've, I've been targeting receivers there and Beckham and, and Galladay have just been the two guys that I've targeted the most in the third round. I just kind of prefer them over Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, those type guys. So I mean, that's, that's just kind of how I found myself, you know, in the in the third round targeting Beckham and Galladay.
1: So then I got to ask you then, have you been basically in in the majority of your drafts, first and second round, starting off running back, running back more than perhaps you have done in some time?
2: I I would say definitely at least getting, trying to get one anchor running back. I mean, I have some two running back starts, but I would say the majority I'm trying to lock down one stud running back that I can count on and then, you know, hitting receiver hard for rounds two, three, four usually is how I've been doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it seems like the and I know we've talked about this on the lowdown as, as well as the HSFFO, or we've talked about just the receiver pool seems so deep this year. Like you can get good receiver value late, and I guess my concern is um, we we tend to look at the positives of drafting all those receivers in the mid rounds, but you know, not all, all those guys are going to pan out. And I it just it, it worked because I've I've employed this strategy too, where I go running back, running back, and then you know I start hitting on these receivers in the mid rounds. But much as I love some of those guys, uh, Rob, they're, they're not all going to hit. Absolutely, I mean, I mean, look, I mean, you can
2: win with any strategy. I mean, if you're picking the right guys, you're going. you mean, th- th- there's no formula that's going to guarantee success. I mean, it really, I, I've, I've just kind of found myself not liking the third and fourth round running backs. So I've been all receiver in those rounds or tight end, uh, and then in the second round, it's I've. Kind of been fifty fifty on whether I, you know, I'm taking a, my second running back or, you know, starting starting receiver early.
1: Um, Antonio Gibson was a guy that everybody was talking up in FFPC rookie drafts uh, a couple of months ago. What are his prospects as, as you look at that Washington backfield and and how you think they plan on using him there? Um, what are his prospects for guys like you who are drafting? Uh, Antonio Gibson later on in you know after the elite guys are gone and and you're and you're taking a stab at a guy like Gibson how do you think uh, his performance uh, fantasy wise is going to be this year for fantasy owners I mean to be honest with you I have no idea what to expect
2: from from Gibson I mean I mean if when you're talking 11th, 12th round I mean he he seems like he he offers an upside you know that that could potentially be there I mean but it's and there's there's no guarantee. I mean, who 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 knows if he's going to be? It could be a complete bust. Um, but you know, I, I I'm not targeting Geis because the Washington offensive line. I mean, it doesn't seem as if the Washington offensive line is going to be a strength. And so Gibson, maybe he is a is a piece that the that the Redskins can use where they're not just running him in between the tackles, but he gets involved um, more as a as a you know kind of a satellite back and. He offers some PPR potential that, that maybe Geist won't bring to you. And, I mean, again, I go back to, I mean, he, when you're when you're drafting in the 11th, 12th round, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're just kind of taking flyers at that point. So, I mean, I, honestly, my answer is I just have no idea what to expect out of Gibson, and he just seems like a good guy to take a flyer on here and there.
1: Let me ask you this. As far as Washington running back running backs go, uh, they, they have a zillion of them, you know, Peterson guys, uh, Gibson, you have Peyton Barber, you have, um, uh, Bryce love. Is, is there, is Gibson the only guy that that'll be playing in the backfield in Washington in this year that you think you'll own, uh, any shares of as far as Redskins running backs or, or is there another guy there that you wouldn't mind having at on your roster where he's going?
2: Yeah. I don't think I'm drafting anybody besides Gibson. Um, you know, if, it As of right now, you know, obviously if some things change and more news comes out, but right now I'm not targeting any of the other guys.
1: All right, so moving on here, and, and let's talk about um, tight end Jay Sternberger, uh, a guy that, you know, I try not to be a Packers homer on, on these on these programs, so, and, and I'm wondering if it's clouding my my judgment on Sternberger because I've been all over him this year. I, I think he is going to take a big leap forward. You know, he's hurt most of his rookie season, uh, and it just seems like he's, he's slipping further than he should in tight end premium drafts like the Football Guys Players Championship. This draft that we're talking about, you took him at the 1203. I want to know how likely it is, and it's probably not likely, but what the chances are of him maybe sneaking into the top 10 tight end list this year uh, at the end of the season, Rob.
2: Man, I think he's got a great chance. I mean, they, they, Packers added no receivers through the draft. They didn't bring in any free agents. They let Jimmy Graham go, so the, the tight end job is his for the taking. And, you know, if, if none of the second-year receivers that they have take a major step forward, then there's a good argument that, that he could be the number two pass catcher in, in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. So, I mean, I I think he's a great guy to uh, to be taking in the twelfth round, uh, just because, you know, you're not counting on him to start week one. But if he truly does become an a, an important piece of that offense, then he's going to be a, a major value for you.
1: Um, let let's let's um let's talk strategy here with tight ends. If you were going to take you know, one of like, let's just say the big four between Kelsey Kittle, Ertz and Andrews. Okay. If you're going to take one of those guys early, is it a strategy that you would employ to wait and then not take a second tight end until like say the 12th round with Jay Sternberger? Would you be comfortable with Sternberger as a second tight end? If you already had one of those top four guys,
2: I mean, I think I'm okay with it. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty i'm drafting lots of tight ends this year i mean I, i'm not leaving any drafts without three tight ends just because there's just so many guys that have breakout potential in the mid to late rounds that you know i i want to have you know lots i want to have lots of options late whether i'm taking an early stud tight end or i'm taking one of the mid-round guys i'm i'm adding lots of tight ends on my rosters just because they' there's there, there's 7 8 guys that are going in between the 10th and or 9th and 12th rounds that all could have breakout potential. So I I'm I'm always targeting depth at tight, especially obviously in the tight end premium format that FFPC is.
1: All right, let's um let's shift the conversation here Rob back to uh back to running back. And um there's a, a player I want to talk about here. Uh I don't, you know, I hesitate to say he's a polarizing guy because I don't think anybody has super strong feelings about him. But James Conner currently in the, in the last um, uh, four days of the Football Guys Players Championship drafts, James Conner currently has an ADP of uh, 3-5 as running back 16. So, you know, sort of a high end running back too. Does that strike you as a spot where you would be targeting him there? Um, you know, ignoring him at that spot, or if he's available, you'll look at him in some drafts. How do you how do you fall in on James Connor's fantasy value this year?
2: I mean, I I kind
1: of have a a neutral
2: opinion on Connor. I mean, I'm I, I'm not avoiding him. I mean, I definitely want some exposure to him, and I've taken him on a couple teams already this year. Uh, but he's not somebody uh he, you know so i'm not avoiding him but he's not somebody i'm actually targeting and, and saying oh i i want to leave this draft with connor so um i'm not sure i mean I, I think that you you've there's a good narrative there for for why he should he has the potential to be a stud running backs i mean you know, tomlin's already made comments that that he wants a three down workhorse back uh we saw what he did two years ago and he established that he can be a a stud performer so i mean i get it but then i I think there's question marks there as well I mean you know he's is can he stay healthy is the Steeler offense going to be what it was two years ago um so I mean the answer is I mean I, I'm, I'm not avoiding him so I will take him in certain spots but he's not somebody that um I feel going into each draft that I, I you know I'm targeting that I want to come away with him either
1: knowing that you're you're not um you know a, a big you know Connor believer but you'll take him you know once in a while. Do you like any of those other Steelers running backs late between McFarlane, Snell, Samuels? Do any of those guys stand out to you? Not right now. I, I have not found – I mean, I don't I – don't,
2: I think I may have taken McFarlane once so far, and, and maybe that was when he fell. I mean, but um, right now there's the, – the, there's very limited information in terms of what that backfield's really going to look like so no i have not been targeting any of the other guys so far I and mean, not and that's not to say that one of them's not going to establish himself uh, so i mean you know if you're if you're late I, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking some late flyers on some of those guys but they 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 don't have it, they're not the uh, the guys i've been necessarily targeting so far
1: Um, Evan Engram has been in the news. He uh, obviously had the Liz Frank surgery, but we, we had, um, a a video of him running, which is, you know, (laughs) I I guess we're just starved for any kind of news at this point, but certainly to see Evan Engram running in June, this is good given uh, the surgery that he had in December. And I noticed that you had already selected him on more than one of your teams. What is it about Engram this year that has you, um, calling up his name in drafts?
2: So I've found myself taking Ingram when I'm at the back end of the draft. So when, when it gets to me at late fifth or early sixth, where that that strong receiver run has already ended, I don't like any of the running backs there. And, you know, I've, I've been taking receivers. So I, I'm in a spot where, you know, I could take my fifth receiver, my fourth receiver, or I can take a guy like Ingram, who if things break right, he, he has a – I mean, I, I like his ceiling as a tight end. Plus, kind of what I was mentioning earlier, I really like the depth of tight end this year, and so, you know, I, I I know when I take a guy like Ingram, I'm going to be taking multiple tight ends to strengthen, you know, to to have depth there in case you know we have another injury issue with Ingram, which obviously is pretty likely. <laughs> right. Um, he, uh, you know, he he has a ceiling. Man, he he's he's shown that he can be an elite um, producer at the tight end position. Uh, So, um, you know, I I, I definitely like him in certain
1: spots for sure. Um, So another player that was in the news this week, too, uh, or maybe last week, I guess, um, uh, earlier this week, Cam Newton is now going to be uh, on the New England Patriots this year, probably going to be the starter uh, for the duration of 2020 as long as he stays healthy. So how does this affect your drafting of guys like, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, uh, James White, some of the other pass catchers, maybe the rookie tight ends there. Um, how is there any? Is there a big difference now in how you're um, picking and choosing or ignoring Patriots pass catchers? So, I mean, I I kind of feel
2: that New England's still going to play a pretty conservative. I mean, there I don't see them. I don't see Cam Newton changing the way they want to play and just opening up their, and, and then becoming an aggressive, wanting to play shootout type games. Uh, so I I don't think that, I mean, he's definitely not changing how I view Edelman. Um, one of the LT crew guys that I'm close with, he's always been a Nikhil Harry fan. And so he, you know, like I can, I can see maybe him, you know, he, you know, moving him up a little bit uh, in case Cam unlocks him. But I just don't think that, Belichick, I don't. I don't see New England all of a sudden, you know, becoming a shootout team because of Cam Newton. Now, if Sony and Michelle, it would have been interesting if if we knew that he was one hundred percent healthy. Um, you know, like I, I could see Cam actually improving the running game and and being a, a good thing for Michelle. But I mean, Michelle is just a health concern right now, and you, who knows if he's even going to be on the field. Um, and obviously, James White. I mean, I, I'm not moving him up because I think he's being drafted appropriately right now. So.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, the thing is with White, regardless, the type of player he, he is in the NFL and his skill set, I don't think it really fluctuates uh, that much, no matter what quarterback he's playing with, be it Patrick Mahomes or Jared Goff or, uh, you know, Jarrett Stidham. I, I just, I, I feel like his role, his, it, it's pretty set, and, and you can make the case that his fantasy output uh, is as well. I have seen, and I don't know if, if you've had the same experience so far this year in your draft, uh, drafts Rob some crazy things done uh, some things that I did not expect to see in football guys players championship drafts and one of them and I'll just bring this up um, I was facilitating one of the drafts on um, Sunday night and the h s f f o mascot at two Packer on Twitter had the 101 he didn't take McCaffrey he didn't take Barkley he took Miles Sanders, and I think that's probably been the biggest shock I've seen so far. Rob, what's the craziest thing you've seen? And you personally, have you done anything that was a little bit outside the box, uh, something that you normally don't do, uh, given uh, all the drafts that have been going on right now?
2: So I, I would say, unfortunately, I, don't, I, I have not found myself in any drafts where it's just been something ludicrous like Miles Sanders at, at 101. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've... Follow on Twitter. I mean, I see a lot of boards being posted on Twitter, so I have seen some some crazy ones. I would say the craziest one I've seen was somebody posted one that had um, Lamar Jackson and Mahomes going to the, on the turn at one two by team twelve, uh, which just made no sense. I mean, that that's just seems like you're burning three hundred fifty dollars right there doing that. <laughs> Uh, so I, I haven't really had any anything crazy in my individual drafts, but you know, following everything on Twitter, I've definitely seen some crazy ones um, that, that people have posted. And myself, I, I, I don't think that I've done anything that would qualify a, a, as too crazy. I've 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 uh, you know, I, th- I think I've been pretty standard on most of my drafts.
1: Um, our, okay, so so this is um, uh, something that we'll we'll deal with. Um, I guess this is more of an in-season type question of how you manage your roster. But I'm sure some people are looking at it from the standpoint now of, okay, well, if somebody tests positive um, for uh, you know COVID-19 and I only have one player at that spot, um, do I need to build up some depth here at some of my positions? Now you probably won't have to deal with it. Um, with your tight ends, given that you've been getting basically three of them in every draft, but I'm more concerned. Like, are you do you plan on banking an extra spot for uh, an extra kicker or an extra quarterback throughout the season, or is it sort of business as usual? You're going to draft, you know, explosive teams and and make sure that you have ample reserves and ample uh, lottery tickets at running back and receiver just in case um, the the guy ahead of them goes down.
2: So as of right now, I mean, I have I have not been drafting any differently uh, because of COVID concerns. I've, I've just kind of used the same strategies I've always used and and and, and drafted the same as always. I will say that I, th- I think the biggest impact is going to be just in season management and roster management during the season. I mean, you you I I've I've been drafting just one quarterback on most of my teams, but I will definitely be using that preseason waiver run before the season starts to make sure that I have two quarterbacks on every roster. I mean, right now I, I didn't want to waste, I didn't want to use a roster spot for a second quarterback. Uh, you know, we've been t- kind of taking flyers at other positions, uh, but we'll use that preseason waiver run to make sure that I, that I have a second quarterback on every team, just in case there is somebody that, uh, has to to miss a game after you know on a weekend where and you to avoid not having a a backup quarterback to start um but and and i don't i don't think that I'm doing anything differently now you know i think it's just gonna be you know you're really gonna have to be managing your team closely making sure you have no dead roster spots that every roster spot is somebody that you can count on, or you can start if needed? Because I mean, who knows what this season is going to look like.
1: Um, the the quarterback aspect of it um, that you were just referring to is that something that you normally would employ anyway, even if we weren't dealing with with this outbreak, uh, this pandemic right now. Just for some random, you know, a quarterback has food poisoning or or the flu or something. Is that something you would normally do anyway?
2: In the past I have, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, any team that I was taking one of the top five quarterbacks on, I would not have a second quarterback. You know, like if I waited and wasn't taking my first quarterback till later, then those teams, sometimes I'll have two quarterbacks just to be able to play matchups on. Uh, But definitely will make sure that even on my teams that have a Patrick Mahomes or um, and Dak Prescott that I'm going to have you know, a second quarterback to, to make sure I don't take a zero any week.
1: Rob, you've, uh, as we alluded to earlier, you've already done a lot of football guys drafts. You have uh, more scheduled later on shortly before the season starts as well. Uh, what do you expect the, the biggest difference to be between the ones you've done already and, you know, May and June, and then the ones you're going to be doing in August and September as, as far as what to expect uh, as far as the biggest drastic changes, if any between those two uh, opposite ends of the spectrum.
2: I mean, I would just say, I mean, more information, you know, I'll have, I'll probably just have stronger opinions about certain guys. I mean, and so I'll, I'll be more aggressive in how I draft when, when we're closer to the season to, to really have guys that I'm targeting and not be too concerned about whether or not I'm getting value relative to ADP you know, I'll, I'll have guys that I have strong personal convictions for, and you know, won't won't worry about you know, you know. Oh, maybe I can get him. You know, when he comes around to the next pit. You know, like I'll 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 have guys that I'm I'm aggressively targeting, and you know, so I would say that's the biggest difference. I mean, I don't I don't have different strategies in terms of how I draft, you know, in June versus how I draft in August September.
1: Hmm, interesting. Okay. All right. So last question, and you've been uh, very gracious with your time. I certainly appreciate it. Um, uh, last question for you today. You've, uh, y- you've obviously know who you like uh, in the early rounds. More importantly, you know who you don't like, uh, guys that you've been staying away from. I'm just curious if you can give us one of those guys, and then uh, conversely, uh, a player that you've been trying to scoop up and target in uh, the mid to late rounds of your Football Guys Players Championship drafts.
2: Uh, so I guess a couple early guys, I mean, I, I don't know w- w- how early, man. So third round guys uh, sure. that I, I've, I've not been taking, uh, or, and probably won't have any on my team or, Fournette and DJ Moore. uh, for Um, I just, just, I'm, I'm just staying away from him this year. I mean, they, they tried to trade him in the off season. Um, he, I, I don't think he'll ever catch as many passes as he did, uh, last year. And I, I, I'm, I'm just. Uh, I think Jacksonville could be a mess. So Fournette's just a guy that I'm. I'm not going to be drafting. Uh, DJ Moore is the guy I like as a football player. Um, I just. I, I think there's some some questions about him and, that move him down behind other guys, uh, and um, for me personally, uh, that I would. There, there's just a, a lot of guys in the third and fourth round that I prefer over him, and so. I don't think that I'll find myself in a position to where I'll be taking much DJ more uh, just because, you know, I I would value him more as a late fourth round guy and he just, he's just never falling there. They, you know, they, they have a new coaching staff uh, that Carolina attempted the second most passes in the league last year. I don't think that they want to play that way again. Um, They, they're going to run way more three receiver sets uh, this year, you know, he was on the field with, in just two receiver sets a lot last year, and then you know he's just never been a touchdown guy. You know, he's caught six touchdowns the last two years combined. Uh, so, you know, I don't dislike him. I mean, I think he's got a, a good floor, uh, but there's just a lot of guys in that third and fourth round that I have I view as having higher ceilings that I would prefer.
1: I like it. Okay, and and then uh, and it, we talked about Gibson earlier and and how you'd been drafting him. What about, do you have any other sleepers that you can, that you're willing to give away on the show today?
2: I mean, one guy that that's, that's basically free at the very end of drafts or 17th, 18th round that I've, I've liked targeting is Randall Cobb. A couple of reasons. I mean, one with the new, with the new rule in uh, the football guys tournament this year, where where you can uh, edit your lineup after that opening Thursday night game, you know, the Texans and chiefs play on that Thursday game. So, you know, you, you, You're basically – you get a free square there to see if he does anything in that week one. And then also, I mean, we don't really know what this Texans offense is going to look like uh, with DeAndre Hopkins gone. And, you know, they've got Cooks and Fuller who are speed guys that can uh, stretch the field. A lot of Hopkins catches last year were were near the line of scrimmage, and Cobb is going to be that guy working the middle of the field – and so if, if defenses and safeties have to play back on on Fuller and Cooks, you know, I could see Cobb being a, a high reception guy. I mean, no guarantee, but, I mean, he's going in the 17th, 18th round. So, I mean, to me, he's, he's a good flyer to take then.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that. I, I was kind of on the fence with him. I, I know I drafted him in a couple of spots already, but uh, that what you're saying makes a lot of sense too as far as how the Texans operated their offense last year and now the personnel they're going to have. Uh, in the same uh, same attack this year. Uh, people will know how to attack their drafts now that we have talked to uh, Rob Abbott this weekend, uh, or this week, I should say, on the Rotovis High Stakes Lowdown. Rob, thanks so much for coming on. Congrats on, on all your previous success in this competition. Good luck in all your drafts this year, and we'll talk again soon, man.
2: Hey, I appreciate it. You have a good one.
1: All right. rotoviz.com podcast.